ML Nation, episode 509. I believe it starts with leading yourself. Once you can learn to lead yourself, then you can learn to lead others. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, a good friend of mine. I've known him for almost 10 years. Uh, I just love his values and love what he stands for. We And this is the second time on the show. We have Jordan Kemper. Hey, Jordan, are you ready to make it happen? Yeah, I'm ready, Simon. Thanks for having me today. Jordan Kemper is a six-figure earner and was first featured on ML Nation way back in our first season, episode 38. Gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. Seems like it was only like a month ago. But um, if you don't know Jordan, after he graduated from weed in college, Jordan gave up medical school to start his business at 22 years old. That business today has served over 10,000 customers in 24 different countries. With a passion for speaking, Jordan traveled around the world and appeared on stages with thousands of other inspirational experts, such as Dr. Oz, Tony Robbins, Sir Richard Branson, and John Maxwell. Jordan was raised in Roxville, Illinois, just a little outside Chicago. But today, he and his wife, Kirsten, live in Tampa, Florida, and enjoy traveling, fishing, spending time with their friends, and hanging out with their dog, Ella. He's also, not only is a six-figure earner, but an author of a book that just got released called Red Key Revolution, Redefining Success for a Life of Significance. So Jordan, I've given MLM Nation just a brief intro, but please take us back to when you were 22. Why did you give up net of all things medical school and do network marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think of all the millennials out there, and I don't know if you guys can relate, but everything I did was kind of to get to the next level. So go to a good school, get into good college, from college, get into the next level. And for me, it was medical school. And for some reason, I just remember being in medical school or on my way to medical school. And there was just something in my heart that was saying that this wasn't what I really wanted. But I was scared to death because I didn't know what else to do. And a doctor came into my life, introduced me to network marketing. I think if it hadn't been a doctor, I probably wouldn't have taken a look. But because he was doing what I wanted to do, I decided to sit down and have a conversation with him. And he opened my eyes to the possibilities of what could be and how I could create a life that I would love. And I saw an opportunity to help people. I saw an opportunity to take control of my own finances. And so blindly, I gave him my credit card and social security number, and I joined uh, the network marketing industry at 22. So it was fun, man. It's been a 12-year ride, Simon. How did it go the first year, 20, uh, you're 22? How did it go for the first couple of weeks? Yeah. So most of the people that you see on stages or talking on podcasts, they have these incredible stories of six figures in six months. Well, friends, I can tell you I was $600 in six months. And that doesn't include all the money that I lost and just mistakes that I made. I got to tell you guys, like the first really 18 months of my business was miserable. I was just frustrated. I was prospecting people that were my age. So, you know, early 20s. Uh, that demographic, they don't tend to have much money. And a lot of times there's not long-term vision. So I felt like for every few people that joined my team, those same number would quit. And it was just a lot of attrition in my business. 
Fast forward about 18 months in, I remember sitting back down with doc, the doctor and I said, look, man, there is nothing residual or there's nothing passive about this. You talk about this royalty income. I don't believe it. At, at least I don't think it, it works for me. And I'll, I'll never forget what he said in that moment. He said, Jordan, if you were 18 months into medical school, how much money would you have made? And it was in that moment that I realized that to become a doctor, it was four years of studying. You, you spend a lot of money and a lot of time and you develop skills that the average person doesn't have. And you come out on the back end with these skills and then you get paid as a doctor. And so I realized I needed to have that same mentality when it came to my business. So I needed to develop myself and to really develop some skills. And I think that mindset shift, Simon, for me was when I started to see success in my business. What were some of the skills that you really needed to work on? Well, for one, I was naturally pretty gifted at the prospecting side. I had a pretty big network. I played college football and college basketball. So I, there were a lot of people that knew who I was, just, just my peers. Um, but what I think I was struggling with was the development of, of the system. You know, I felt like inviting and, and presenting and even follow up and closing, those were skills that I was pretty good at, but I had no duplication in my business and I had no promotion. There was no system. There was no strategy of I'm trying to promote to this event or I'm trying to promote this campaign or I'm trying to move people in this direction. I was more just like a wild machine gun out there, just kind of trying to, hey, anybody listen to what I have to say? And so although there was some energy and some, and some buzz, there was no duplication and I would say no promotion in my business. Those were the real two areas that I had to improve on. Can you talk about promoting to event? Can you uh, elaborate a little bit about that? Yeah, I sure can. So listen, if you're in network marketing, you, you have got to learn to promote. I believe it is the, the toughest and the highest paid skill in the industry. I, I'll never forget one thing I learned from Eric Worre a few years back. He said, it's a good rule of thumb that for every person you have with you at your international convention, you will earn $1,000 per year. So if you have 50 people with you at your company's convention, you can expect to make about $50,000 annually. So the name of the game is how many people from your organization can you get to your company's convention? And so now it wasn't just getting people on my team. Now it was how do I get people to buy into the mission of our company, the culture of our team? And how do I get people to see that they've got to work on themselves? And that was that personal growth strategy of getting them to an event to where they could really believe in the power of what the business was all about. And so that's what it became about. So I developed strategies for that. I'm going to get one person on and I'm going to try to get that person to get four people to the event. Those four people are going to try to get one to the event. Before you know it, duplication started to set in. And I had, I don't know, Simon, there were times where some of our company conventions, I had close to a thousand people with me. Yeah, very, very important. So let's talk a little bit about uh, on the customer side. You're also very good with customers. Probably, I think, one of the best in the company. Can you share some tips about customer acquisition? The truth is, when it came to my business, I, I honestly wasn't like setting, like I, my goal initially wasn't to become some millionaire or I didn't want to like be on stages or be interviewed for being some successful uh, MLMer. My goal was to help people. And that's why I wanted to become a medical doctor. So I had a very strong passion for my products. I was probably a little too analytical and I probably shared too much information in the beginning. 
But I really believed in my heart of hearts that if people were on my product, I could improve their quality of life. And so I think a lot of people, they're so engaged with the distribution side of network marketing that they're not fully convinced in their products. And I've even heard some people say, well, your product doesn't matter. You know, as long as you've got a good compensation plan, you can make lots of money. Well, listen, I'm not going to disagree that there's bad products out there and bad comp plans and people are making lots of money in those situations. But for me, my integrity was on the line and I really wanted to make a difference. So I wasn't going to try to force anyone to do something they didn't want to do. I would rather ask the right questions and lead people in a direction. And so we've got to identify people's pain points. Uh, and, in, and in my situation, it was health and wellness. So I identified the pain points. And then I was very systematic in trying to help customers understand how I could provide some solutions to those problems. And, you know, what's interesting, Simon, is, you know, after 12 years of being with that company, uh, I have a lot of people where the business side, it just never panned out for some people. Maybe they didn't try or put in that level of effort. But I've got those people still on 12 years worth of auto orders because they were educated on the products. So education is the name of the game. You've got to make sure you do a good job of educating your customers. So you obviously built a huge product belief because a lot of people have quit, stopped doing the business, still taking it. How much time would you spend on training? I mean, if you did a training, how much time do you actually, obviously you talked a lot about the products before they joined, but what about after they joined? What, how did that fit into that system? Yeah, so I became kind of famous. I would do like a 60-minute product webinar where I would take you through each of the products and I would provide that to someone so they could go through and they could see each of the products that we had. Also, we used to do what we call doc talks. And, you know, people like to hear from doctors. So I, I quickly realized that, like, no matter what my accolades were or who we put on stage, if you provided a doctor on stage, people showed up. Now, the game's changed a little bit. It's evolved. So it's hard to get people to an event. But I still believe that there was something about having a physician, having that credibility on stage to where people really feel like they were getting free value. So my encouragement today would be whether it's through Zoom or Skype or conference call, like try to involve people with credibility. If you can get doctors to speak to your products, now people listen with a different set of ears. And you could be communicating the exact same thing as a doctor, but they just listen with a different set of ears because they feel like they're getting value from someone. And we did that over and over and over again. And even to this day, I try to get doctors to do a lot of the presenting just so people feel very comfortable with the products. Did you lead mostly with product approach or business approach? Or it really depends on the pain points that you talked about. Yeah. So it depended on the phase that I was in. You know, a company would come out with promotions and it felt like it was too good not to sell this pack or that pack. But I think at the end of the day, Simon, it was about asking questions, try to identify people's needs. But I would not leave the meeting or the call without some level of commitment. And if it was just a small commitment, like buying a fish oil or something or a probiotics, to me, it was like, I need some level of commitment so that we can start moving things in the right direction. So yeah, that was a great goal. So you had some type of commitment, whether you join the business or buy even one tiny product before you left. That's right. And I just felt like, you know, I think back old school, Simon, I'm so impressed with these people that have built their businesses online. I mean, I built the, the bulk of my business, at least those first six to seven years, face-to-face. -face. I mean, I was doing Starbucks meeting after Starbucks meeting. I, I built most of my business either in a Panera or a Starbucks. So to me, it was like, hey, look, I just gave you 30 minutes of my time. I've given you tons of value. 
And I think that what happens is the spirit of reciprocity starts to kick in and a person feels like, wow, Jordan just gave me six years of experience and all of this product training. The least I can do is at least buy a product. So I asked people to commit for at least three to six months of being on a product. And I educated them that if they weren't willing to make at least that level of a commitment, don't expect health benefits. Hmm. That's awesome. And then you don't feel uh, discouraged or you wasted your time because you're going home yeah. at least a customer, right? And who knows where that can go lead to. Yeah. And then if they were on the products, then quickly I would then encourage them to say, look, you've been on the products now for six months. What if I could show you a way to at least get your products paid for? Hmm. So to me, it wasn't always this, hey, let me teach you to make tons of money. I, I think the two guarantees are that I could teach you to get your products paid for. And by introducing a home-based business, there are tax benefits to owning a business. Those are the two guarantees. We get our products paid for and we get a tax benefit. But I'll, you'll never hear me say that I can promise you'll make six figures or seven figures. I never made any of those guarantees because I couldn't back it up. Yeah. And most people can relate to being making six figures anyway. They can't, they don't see, I mean, they like to, but they don't believe they can do it. But getting products paid for, you know, and get some tax benefits, why not? That's right. Hey, before we go to my favorite question, I just want to take a couple of seconds to recognize our MLM Nation show ambassador for this episode is Lauren Lee out in Gold Coast, Australia. Congrats, Lauren. We're going to put a link to your Facebook profile on the show notes page on this episode with Jordan on MLMNation.com. And for those who want to be a show ambassador, this is all you have to do. Definitely got tons of value from Jordan right now, right? Talk about customers, belief in product. All you have to do is share this Facebook Live broadcast, and we'll randomly select one person who shares. Okay, so just share this broadcast, and you can be the next show ambassador. So here's my favorite question. In your 12 years in network marketing, what is your worst, worst moment in network marketing to the point that you maybe even had regrets you did this, you definitely maybe even hated the business, but you didn't quit and you stayed in there. And that's why you are the leader you are today. Yeah, that's a great question, Simon. You know, I shared this actually while I was speaking on Eric Worre's GoPro stage. And I'll never forget this moment in my career. I was a few years in. I was trying to get my business up and running. I, I had hit some promotions in the company. And now I was fixated on hitting ranks and I was fixated on hitting income levels. And it became the most important thing in the world to me. And so... I, at that time, was still trying to play professional football, and I remember going into my chiropractor's office, and he happened to be a part of our company, but he was on someone else's team. He wasn't having success. He wasn't getting the results that he was hoping for, and so I quickly strategized with him, how can I find a way to get him to be a part of my team and get results? So long story short, Simon, what we did, I ended up signing his wife in the business, we cut some corners around compliance. I ended up getting him involved on my team. And he didn't really have success. But a few short weeks later, I ended up finding out that that decision didn't just affect him. It affected the previous upline. In fact, he had a single mom that was above him. And that $200 auto order ended up, I think it probably affected her by like 100, 150 bucks a month just by him making a switch. And I ended up realizing that there was a whole domino effect of people that were influenced by that decision. And I went back, I made things right with compliance, I made things right with the individual, and then I even went to the upline and I said, look, I made a terrible mistake. I admitted to everything, I tried to fix the situation, but I remember every time I walked into a room, there was just that awkwardness because 
you know, even though words had been shared and apologies had been given, there was a lack of trust. Mm. And I realized in that moment, Simon, that I'd compromised my integrity. And I vowed that day to never make that mistake again. And uh, I learned my lesson. Yeah, I'm, I'm, knowing you, you probably felt pretty crappy after that. I did. I did. And, you know, they ended up kicking his wife out of the business because the compliance is broken. And they ended up destroying his distributorship. So I ended up both accounts got canceled. The previous upline is now mad at me. We were both leaders in the Chicago area at the time. It was like, it was a mess. And I looked back and it was like, why did I do that? Because I thought that person could advance my agenda. He could advance me towards my goals. And I didn't really stop to think about the other people that would be affected by that. So my encouragement to anyone in that situation is, you know your rules of compliance. Stay away from the cross-line rating. Stay away from the people that are a part of other people's teams and just focus on your organization and your prospects and be respectful of other people. I promise no one prospect is worth the the, the fallout that comes from doing what I did. What would you have done knowing that uh, you're the new Jordan now, right? What would you have done if, the, if you were in a similar situation? If you go back yeah. in time, what would you have done? The person was struggling and frustrated. Yeah, I would have said, listen, hey, listen, you know, I'm just going to call him uh, uh, Rick. You know, his name was Rick. And I said, Rick, look, you know what? Um, you're not on my team, but I've got some incredible resources that I think I could give you that would make you more successful in your business. And if I can be here to help you succeed in, in your group and in your team, I would love to do that. You know, and then I would also make some recommendations for podcasts such as this one, MLM Nation. So the reality is, even if he's not a part of my direct downline, I can point him in the direction of resources, uh, tools, podcasts, books, et cetera, to try and help him be more successful. But he needs to stay where he's at and he doesn't need to make a switch to my team. I don't need to benefit financially mm. from that. Awesome. Hey, thank you for sharing that. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about something. You have a really good quote that you wrote that you shared that I know what I want and I will not give up what I want most for what I want in the moment. So let me repeat that. I think that maybe needs to come out the right way. I know what I want and what I will not give up what I want most for what I want in the moment. I think and you have an incredible ability to stay focused. And I think we all have short-term desires in the moment. You know, you can say desire to flesh or just temptations. But how do you really stay focused so well? Because you're really, really focused. And obviously you play college both sports, football and basketball. I think staying focused is a problem that most distributors have. They go for the shiny new object. You know, I was just talking to someone on Facebook today that they wanted to, to learn, right? And they and it was like, they they actually, believe it or not, she admitted, she likes the shiny, she'd rather learn the shiny new object than implement what she learned already. And I was like, that's not the way the entrepreneurs work. You probably learned it already. Just even take if you 1% of what you learn is better than keep learning, chasing after shiny object. How do you stay focused so well? Yeah, well, I call them, it's funny, Simon, I have a term for it now. I call them red key commitments. I would ask anyone listening to this right now, what do you want most? Like, and think of it in three areas. One, what do you want most when it comes to your health? Two, what do you want most when it comes to your business? And then three, what do you want most when it comes to relationships? I think when we talk about a balanced life, those are the three areas we've got to focus on. Health, business, and relationships. What do you want most in those three areas? And when I think about relationships, Simon, I go way back to my 13-year-old story. It's, it's literally, I had a red key, and I'm holding the red key right here. I was given this very red key by my youth pastor, 
And he challenged me as a 13-year-old boy to think about what I wanted most when it came to a relationship. He challenged me to remain sexually pure. And the goal was that one day down the road, many years later, we would give the red key to our spouse. And Simon, I held on to this red key for 20 years, and I gave it to my wife, Kristen, on our wedding night. And when I think about that, I knew what I wanted most. What I wanted most was to have a healthy relationship. What I wanted most was to not have regrets. What I wanted most was to have a wife that would trust me. I wanted to be able to look her dad in the face and say, look, I honored your daughter. I waited for her. It was like, that's what I wanted most. So along the way, temptations presented themselves all of the time. I mean, in my 18, 19, 20, I dated a couple of girls in college, but I was not willing to give up the red key because it's what I wanted most. So I see the same truth in people's business. Like I knew what I wanted most. So I knew from my education that Kiyosaki and others told me that it would be at least five years before I would see success in my business. So I thought, well, gosh, I waited 20 years for my wife. Certainly I can wait a couple of years for this business to mature. But I was used to long-term gratification. And I think what most people are doing is they're settling for what they want in the moment. We've given in to this immediate gratification. We want things fast. And so when we look at Instagram, when we watch YouTube videos, all of a sudden we're around things and it's difficult for us to decipher what's realistic and what's not. And we're constantly playing this comparison game. So my advice would be that you sit down and in these three areas, business, health, and relationships, you determine what you want most. And don't sacrifice what you want most for something that you want in the moment. How do you keep what you want most in the front of your mind? Because it's very easy to say, oh, I want this. And then the next thing you start looking. And I think it's uh, even worse and worse now because you talk about Instagram, you talked about uh, you know, YouTube, like Netflix, any movie or a Spotify, you know, Apple Music. At any instant, you can hear any song ever wanted. Like, you don't even need to fast forward a cassette table, wherever, CD player. How do you keep your goal, what you want most, always on the top of your mind? So you, you stay looking at that and not drift away. Yeah. So for some, I know the vision board works, but like this is what it came down to for me. It was a strong why. Like I knew what I wanted. I wrote it out on paper. I wrote goals out. Yeah, sometimes on my desktop computer or something, I may have images that would support that want or desire. But like to me, it was deep down instilled in me as an athlete that anything worthwhile comes with a fight. I mean, that's just how it is. You don't win championships by accident. You don't pedal up a hill by accident. Anything worthwhile comes with a fight. And so I knew that every championship I'd ever won in sports came as a result of an entire team of people working towards a common goal. So I think we've got to refresh our memory, our minds on what we want. And then we've got to put right there in front of us, I think, reminders towards what that goal is. And that's honestly why I love giving red keys to people. I want people to have something they can hold in their hand. And that red key means different things to different people. For a period of my life, it meant sexual purity. Well, today, it's funny. My red key commitment is different now, Simon. I, I told my wife that I am committed to spending the first 30, day, or 30 minutes of every day uh, on my knees praying to God. Like that, That's a commitment I made to her. I, I said that I don't want to just chase my dreams and my goals and my wants, but I want to chase our dreams. So I want to have a financial plan, financial vision uh, that we as a couple now are pursuing. Whereas for 10 years, it was the Jordan show. It was just, let's do what Jordan wants. 
So these were commitments that I had to make. I wrote down and I literally gave them to my wife. And then that red key, a red key commitment means that I'm committing to these things. They're on paper. And if I don't hold up my end of the deal, you have permission to give that red key back to me. I mean, mm. that's how serious this is for me. I want the accountability that if I'm not sticking to what I said I was going to do, I want somebody to give it back to me. You're not holding up your end of the deal. Let's talk about the book. What's it about? What more? You know, you talk about the red key. What inspired you to share this uh, more in detail about the book? Uh, and what is it about? Yeah, so it's it's called Red Key Revolution, and the subtitle is Redefining Success for Life of Significance. And what's interesting is I shared that red key story from stage. I was with John Maxwell in Atlanta, and after sharing this story, Simon. Uh, a mom sent me a Facebook message that she went to Ace Hardware. She painted one of the keys red and she gave it to her son. And that's when I had the epiphany that, wow, I didn't realize that that story would inspire people, but it did. And every day, Simon, we make 35,000 choices. So I believe that we're looking through one of two filters. Either we're pursuing success or pursuing significance. So to put it simply, if success is how can this add value to my life, significance is how can this add value to other people's lives. I, I give an example in the book about the selfie culture. I mean, think about it. Your camera has two options. You can either point the camera towards yourself or you can point the camera towards others. I ask people, which way is your lens pointed? I think that you will always be left feeling hollow if you are just submitting to the selfie. If your goal is just for you to make more money, for you to increase your rank, for you to increase your promotions, for you to win these trips, I promise you, you will have very little success. And even the success that you do have, you'll still left, you'll be left feeling unfulfilled. Yeah. When I when I shifted and I said, wow, my goal is to make other people as successful as possible. My goal is to help make other people as healthy as possible. When that really became my aim. I believe that I was now pursuing significance and I stumbled upon more success. And, you know, you can define success as happiness and health. And, you know, you made that income. If it's not about others, it's really not successful because you can, you know, I know people who make big ranks, make a lot of money. You make you 30, 40, you know, 40, $50,000 a month and still be miserable. And I know That's some true. of you, some of you are watching this and no, oh, I have 20, if I make $50,000 a month, I'm the happiest person in the world. No, it won't. If you don't have if it's the significance is not on others and your values are screwed up, uh, you'd be miserable. And you can see in the world, there's a lot of rich people are very, very miserable. They commit suicide. A lot of wealthy people commit suicide, right? It's about like what you said. I like the way you said about the selfie culture, uh, the lens pointing at you or at other people. Yeah, that's right. And and so I, I think like a lot of people I know who are listening to this, you guys are like hungry. Like you're in the beginning of your business. Man, I just, I resonate so much with that. I remember what it was like to be in the grind. And you're asking yourself, are you spending your time wisely? Is this really worth it? I mean, if I just keep going, is something going to break? Like, let me just encourage you to keep going. I'm proud of you for being on this podcast, number one, because you're doing what's so important. You're developing yourself. I believe it starts with leading yourself. Once you can learn to lead yourself, then you can learn to lead others. And once you start to lead others, this is when you start to see duplication in your business. So continue to pour into yourself. But I tell people, self-care has become an epidemic. I think it's, taken, it's, it's, it's been taken too far. Self-care, in my opinion, is our motivation for self-care should be that we take care of ourselves so that we can better take care of others. But I think it's morphed into self-gratification. It's the indulgence of self-care where we come into problems, where 
I feel entitled to self-care. We've got to keep working on ourselves so that we can improve the lives of others. And if you instill that in your culture of your team, man, it is so much fun because you have this entire network of people who are really trying to make a difference in other people's lives. And I think you as the leader can decide if you want that to be your culture. If people are interested, where can they get your book? Real simple. Go to redkeyrevolution.com. If you go to redkeyrevolution.com, you can see all the details of the book or all of the major retailers, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. They're, uh, they can find the book there as well. And ML Nation will put a link to Jordan's book on the show notes page. Definitely check out. I've looked at the manuscript. It's very, very good. Definitely check it out. Hey, Jordan, as we go towards the end of the show, some quick questions to pick your brain. And these can be quick answers. The first one is, what is one habit that's helped you become successful? I think you got to write your goals down on paper. I think that's definitely something. Commit your goals to paper. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Uh, Never stop developing yourself. What's your morning? What's your routine? I know you say you pray in the morning, you pray on 30 minutes on your knees. What's your routine like? I know know what champions have routines. When do you do personal development? When do you, what is it like? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, I've always been, gosh, it's probably been 10 years. This has been my routine. I try to roll out of bed into my knees. I try to spend the first part of my day, not on my feet, but on my knees, submitted to the Lord. I literally walk into the kitchen. I drink lemon water with cayenne pepper. So literally I just water, I squeeze lemon into it, a little dash of cayenne pepper, and I actually drink it with a straw because I don't want the lemon to get out of my teeth. That's a little tip for you. And then I go into my workout room and I like to jump on my rebounder. I've got like a little circular trampoline, just four or five minutes on the trampoline just to wake my body up. Motion creates emotion. I then like to read for that 30 minutes that I'm committed to. Um, I like to read the one-year Bible. Uh, That takes about 15 minutes. And then I like to read something. Right now I'm reading Experts Secrets um, by uh, Russell Brunson. I think it's an amazing book. It's one of the many books I'm going through. And then I shoot to the gym. Believe it or not, I have a personal training background, Simon. But even with my exercise physiology degree, I know that I need accountability as much as anyone. So I actually hired a trainer. Uh, I'm working with a trainer here locally in Tampa, and uh, he kicks my butt literally every day. So I appreciate that. And so usually my morning routine, you know, is somewhere between seven and nine o'clock. And then, you know, the beauty of working from home is that I can start my day a little bit later, maybe than the average person. Uh, No kids yet. So that's my schedule. And I'm ready to rock and roll by nine or 10 o'clock. That's awesome. Hey, what is your favorite prospecting tool you use? So say you have a qualified prospect. What do you send them? Do you send them a link? Do you add them to a Facebook group? Do you do Zoom? Do you still meet them face-to-face first? What do you like to use? Yeah, I still like some of the company videos that are like two to three minutes. I think that's like a great introduction. I like to have a qualified prospect. I've been doing this so long that before a person's going to get face-to-face with me on a Zoom call or maybe a a one-on-one phone call, I want to have a qualified lead. So I think those are great. I also, if I have a very interested prospect and they're a reader, I'll encourage them to consider Robert Kiyosaki's Business of the 21st Century, his book. Um, I think GoPro is another great book. Sarah Robbins, A Rock Your Network Marketing Business, I think is another good book. So these are definitely books that I either want them to look at or immediately after having joined my team. Those are definitely resources that I want to be in their hands. Do you have a favorite online resource like Dropbox or Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Yeah, definitely a big Dropbox user. 
I've got the icon on my computer. I upload everything, the different projects that I'm working on. Makes it really simple to share files, different individuals I'm working with. So Dropbox is definitely a must. Aside from your book, what's another, and I, I know you mentioned uh, Eric Worre's uh, GoPro. Anything else you recommend in terms of books? You know what? I've got a list of books over here that I'm going through. You recommended Blue Ocean Shift and Blue Ocean Strategy. So I'm really excited to delve into those. Uh, another book that I recommend is Brendan Bouchard's High Performance Habits. So if you guys are looking to develop better patterns in your life, I think better patterns will lead to better results. I definitely would recommend Brennan Bouchard's book. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? I'm ready. So imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So you didn't know your siblings, your wife, your parents. You're like an alien that went to another planet. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to build an MLM business from scratch? So I would start with social media. I would figure out ways to add value to people's lives, not just selling a product or service, but like, how can I add value? How can I be the go-to resource for people when it comes to something? You know, is it health and wellness? Is it personal development? I don't know what it finances. Maybe some of you guys are in the, uh, you know, financial services sector. I would figure out ways to just improve people's quality of life, looking for nothing in return. And then I would be an ambassador for then that product or service that I'm offering. But I think social media is the name of the game today. You know, I'll share this. My sister joined a different company 10 years after I started. She never really had success with my, with my team or with my company, but she joined another company and it was a little hard to swallow at first, but she's making 25,000 plus a month. And she built the entire thing through Instagram and Facebook. So I just am so proud of her. And I became a student of hers, learning how she was able to build and create community through social media. So I think you've got to leverage those tools really, really well, because I think people are looking for quick fixes. They're looking for a little bit more immediate gratification so we can shorten the videos, give content and provide community on, online through Facebook groups and Instagram. So you said uh, social media, you provide value. But personally for you, where would you go to provide value? I'm just curious. So I think the areas that I have experienced are health, business, and relationships. So I want to try to create some semblance of balance for people. I want to help people to increase balance in those three areas. And I think if you compromise one area to grow in another, I don't think you're going to come out balanced. So if I could help people to create balance in their finances, health, and relationships, I think that's what I would aim for. Hey, thank you so much. As we wrap up, Jordan, any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Yeah, so I would just say this. I've studied a lot of different businesses, and I've actually now been a part of probably six or seven different industries. I am so proud to be a part of the network marketing industry. So I just want to say to everyone listening, whether you're at the start or you've been in the industry a long time, I really applaud you for being a part of it. Um, I wish you massive success. Continue to work on yourself. Uh, don't give in too quickly. Don't get frustrated. Don't compare yourself too heavily to those around you. Just continue to do what you know is right. I promise you'll see success. Uh, and as far as staying connected with me, at Jordan Kemper on Instagram, um, pretty easy to find on Facebook as well. And redkeyrevolution.com is where you guys will see all my links and ways to connect with me as well. So it's been an honor to be here today, Simon. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you've been hanging out with Jordan Kemper, 
So keep up the momentum and go to MLNation.com. Go to the podcast tab up there and you see Jordan Kemper. You can also check out his first episode, episode 38. And all the show notes will be right there. And the link to his book will be right there as well. Hey, in order to be successful in life and in network marketing, you must help others. So Jordan, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again and God bless you. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan here with a recap from a great show from Jordan Kemper. Now, you know why I had him on ML Nation again. The first episode was episode 38. You can go check that out. Go to MLNation.com, click on the podcast tab, and you can check out 38 or this episode. All the show notes and the nuggets of wisdom are right there. I'm going to go over the recap real quick. Is Number one, promote event to event, right? And for every person you bring to your annual convention, you earn an extra $1,000 a year. And it's all about being the belief, getting people to see the big picture and really believe in themselves. Got to promote event to event, definitely to your company's event, to generic events, to your team events, Super Saturdays, but events are a big part of network marketing. His, um, Jordan, you talk about a product approach, business approach, but getting finding the pain points and really to find out how he can help the person. And I love his goal. When he met the person, he did offline meeting one-on-one. He always had the person make a commitment to buy something. Something that could, he find the needs, they find the needs of the person and then find a product that'll help them out. And obviously it's come by different type of products, but he always came away at least one order of the products. And it's really about reciprocity. He gave 30 minutes of value of his time and people, if you really feel that way, you really care about them, they will join. And he talked about, he promised two things. Number one was teach them how to get the products paid, which is pretty easy. And number two was the tax benefits of the business. You never promised six-figure incomes and stuff like that. Just two promises. I think we all can increase our enrollments if we did these two things. Number one, teach them how to get the products paid. Number two, the tax benefits. He built a strong product belief in his company from doing 60-minute product webinars, covering all the products, to having doctor talks because it's always more powerful to have a doctor talk. He was in a health company and just constant product belief because people ultimately stay in the business even though they don't make money. They're still buying. They become Even if you don't make money, they become your customers, right? They order the products every month. So building that product belief is really important. Uh, Jordan shared about his worst moments, about cross-recruiting and how he always became honest with that. And I think most of the rest of the show is talking about the red key commitments. What do you want most in your health? What do you want most in your business? What do you want most in relationships? Be clear on that. And focus on the long-term, not the short-term gratification. Okay, The long-term. And know that anything worthwhile comes with a fight. So you got to fight for it. Don't quit up. Fight. Keep that long-term go focused. And one of the things that help you stay focused is... You know, it is about significance, right? How can you add value to others? When you focus on others, it makes it so much easier than when it's on yourself. You know, the selfie culture, is your lens pointing on others or is it pointing on yourself? And most important, you know, you got to be growing. You got to lead yourself before you can lead others. Work on yourself. Last thing Jordan shared about his routines. Found that was really helpful. Every champion out there has some type of morning routine. And most of them are not routines and not checking the phone. They're on working on the offense and not on defense. And last thing is million-dollar question. You know, go out to social media, provide value. I think that's a lesson. Leaders always out there providing consistent value. Give, 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 give. The more you give out, ultimately it will come back. Hey, thanks again, Jordan Kemper, MLM Nation. If you like this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. We really appreciate that. And now it's over to you. Take what you learned and go out there 
and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today. Now head over to MLMNation.net for valuable recaps of every show and also to get your free training resource on how to use online duplication to grow your business. Thanks again for being a part of this amazing profession.